In this episode, I talk with Angela, a fourth-year medical student who is currently taking a gap year to pursue a master's in theological studies at Duke Divinity School. We talked about the experiences that drew him to medicine, including having family members in the healthcare field, and his previous shadowing experiences. Angela talked about his spirituality and faith and the impact these have made on his professional identity. He shared a story with me about a patient he cared for that died and the connections he made with the patient's family through their intersecting identities of race and religion. Welcome, Angela. Thank you so much for um, coming onto this podcast series today and, um, you know, agreeing to be interviewed. Um, it's great to have you. Yeah, I'm uh, glad to be here. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, just a little bit about me. Um, I grew up in a lot of places, um, but I consider both um, Lagos, Nigeria, as well as uh, Mankato, Minnesota home. Uh, my family moved around um, a lot. Um, but yeah, those are like the two places that I consider like home. Um, also, uh, a few things that I just like to do uh, in general. Uh, I'm really into soccer, um, big soccer fan. Um, also like to uh, do a lot of like cooking and like eating. Um, but yeah, as far as like school and stuff, um, just finished up my third year of med school at University of Michigan uh, med school and uh, currently um, taking a leave from med school in between my third and fourth year to do uh, a master of theological studies at Duke Divinity School. Awesome that's really exciting and very unique and we'll we'll definitely get into that and talk more about your master's Um, but first tell me about your journey to medicine how did you decide to become a physician? Yeah, I think uh, my family's background is definitely like a big uh, part. Uh, so kind of as I alluded to, you know, my family like immigrated here. I was seven when we came to the U.S. And uh, a big reason of like why we came was because of like education. And like my parents made a lot of like sacrifices to like provide the opportunities for education that they did. And so I think that shaped a lot of my upbringing and um I wanted to just like really make the most of the education that I had received. And for me, like medicine seemed like a really good way um, for that. Um, and also part of it was uh, my mom was a big like inspiration. She's a nurse and one of my older brothers is also a nurse. So like healthcare was always like in the back of my like head for a long time. And so when I went into college, it was kind of the like classic, like Oh, like I really want to like help people and I'm really like into science. But over time, um, it kind of developed to more than that, especially through some like shadowing experiences that I uh, had had and just like seeing the work of physicians. Awesome. Were there any specific shadowing experiences that were um, particularly meaningful that, um, you know, sparked your interest more so? Yeah, I remember I remember um, at some point in undergrad, I shadowed a family medicine doctor um, in the outpatient setting. And um, it was really neat to see the relationships that uh, she had built over time with her patients. And I just had this like almost like craving to be able to like do that myself, uh, this like really strong desire to be able to have the kind of impact that I saw like her having on her patients. And so one example that like still like sticks out to me is I remember, um, I think I, I was shadowing her for just like a half day, but 
um, there's a patient that like she saw who like, you know, came in for like one reason, but also had like a lot of just like general life things going on that were very like stressful and like difficult. And the physician, um, she had, you know, encouraged the patient to like uh, work with a therapist and the patient kind of like half jokingly, but half seriously was like, but you're my therapist. And like the patient, like, wasn't meaning to like conflate the two roles, but sort of like communicating that like uh, the patient like really trusted her to be able to like open up about like these like really difficult things and that there's a therapeutic aspect of their like relationship that existed and so that was like one example that like really stuck out to me and seeing like different threads of that across like different patient encounters from my shadowing yeah that's awesome yeah it's really interesting the different roles I think physicians take on even when that's, you know, not their yes, ascribed role, what they're supposed to be doing, but, you know, they, they take on a lot of different roles, like, you know, therapeutic type relationships or advocacy for patients and things like that. Like there's so much more to the physician role a lot of times. Tell me what's your experience been in, been like in medical school so far? Yeah, uh, I th- I'd say overall, it's been uh, fairly positive, you know, starting like before med school, I was able to get like a bit of a taste of like what the experience would be like through um, a close family friend who um, also happened to like go to University of Michigan for medical school. And there was a summer in undergrad where I did some like research um, at Michigan. And I got to like spend a lot of like time with him um, and kind of see like the good, the bad, and the ugly of of med school, like, um, you know, seeing, I think he was, like, right in the middle of, like, his clinical rotations and, like, very busy, and um, I really appreciated that to, like, help me sort of, like, see what the life of, like, a med student is like, and so I think I came in with decently, like, good expectations of, like, what it would, like, be like, Um, and I think the the best thing has been just the community um, here. Um, That's been, like, the best part of med school, I think, um, just really feeling at home with the people um, here, whether it's uh, classmates as well as like just people that I've met like throughout the community um, in Ann Arbor as well. That's really made it a good um, overall experience. Um, and then from like an academic standpoint, you know, there's definitely been like ups and downs um, and some things have been like more challenging compared to others. But um, I've been really thankful for like the process and like growth that I can look back on the last like three years and just see like how much growth um, there yeah. is. There's so much growth in medical school. It's like a very transformative process. Well, it sounds really great that you had, you know, a little bit of an inkling of what med school life would be like beforehand. I feel like when I came into med school, I was like, I have no idea what this is going to look like. And it's definitely a, a learning curve, but it's, you know, it is really rewarding as you kind of grow through the process. Do you have any like meaningful experiences in medical school so far that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, just sort of seeing how things that used to make me feel a little bit anxious, but like kind of I've gained an appreciation for. And so obviously like in in med school, especially in the clinical space, we receive a lot of feedback and that was a hard thing to kind of like get adjusted to, like the nature of like receiving feedback and, and things like that in med school, but I've come to kind of like see it as a gift and like that process in of itself, I think has been a really like cool uh, thing to see. Yeah. 
it is so awkward at first, like receiving <laughs> feedback and then also learning how to give feedback. Like it, it's, it's definitely a process, but it's so big in medical school, at least here, we're very big on, you know, feedback after kind of everything, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, after every rotation, after every like interaction, sometimes it's like, oh, too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely something to learn how to do, especially we do a lot of like online feedback, but I think, you know, it's hard in person having someone directly give you uh, critiques and helpful hints and also like praise sometimes it can be uncomfortable hearing so it's very interesting aspect of of medical school um so you're currently uh, finished your third year um have you kind of decided on a specialty that you're interested in applying into yes uh I have and I think that, that was another surprise I think for med school is that like I generally think of myself as someone who you know takes it takes me a while to like figure out exactly like what I want to do in in certain contexts but I think by the end of my second year I like knew for sure that I wanted to do um, med peds uh, which is internal medicine and pediatrics uh, for those uh, listeners who may not be um, aware so um, it's like a I'll be like dual boarded in internal medicine as well as uh, pediatrics. Um, And so I was definitely expecting to like need more time to like arrive at my decision of specialty, but um, I actually came to that decision a little bit earlier than I was expecting. And so that's been a a nice little surprise. Um, So you said it was second year. Was there any like specific experience that helped you make that choice? Yeah, it was, it was a wide variety of things. Um, So I think coming into med school, I had, I was very open to everything. Um, Although I had some inclinations that like, I wanted to do something where I'd be able to develop relationships with patients over time. And I think that was definitely shaped by like my shadowing experiences, for example. Um, And I also had an inclination that it probably wouldn't be something that was like surgical or like very heavily procedural, but definitely kept my mind open to it. But I think it came down to my clinical rotations uh, during second year, I really enjoyed both internal medicine and pediatrics, and I wanted to take care of both adults and children. And I felt that I would be happy doing one or the other, but I would really miss the other. And so mm-hmm. I like taking care of kids that are sick, kids that are well, I like working with families, but at the same time, I also really like taking care of 60 year olds with hypertension and diabetes and chronic back pain and and so on and so forth. And so um, a big part was, yeah, my clinical rotations as well as um, relationships that I build with like mentors. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, I'm applying into peds. um, So it's like you're kind of find the patient population you want to work with sometimes and that can help you choose your specialty. But I think it's so interesting about med peds is you're like, almost like I, you know, I like every age range, like everything in medicine, like you said, like, I like sick kids, I like well kids, like you just have like such a broad interest, but I really like appreciate that, you know, I really miss the other if I, you know, didn't get to do it. And I think that's really unique about med peds is that combination of the two different specialties is really cool. Yeah. What are some of the challenges you've encountered throughout medical school, if you don't mind talking a little more about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think um, especially the first half of uh, the core clerkship year. So um, in our case at Michigan, uh, second year, um, that was challenging, just like figuring out how to navigate my role as a medical student. Um, 
you know, people would give advice like, oh yeah, like take ownership of your patients and things like that. And like in, in theory, like, yes, like that makes sense. But like in practice, like what does that actually look like? And when you're in a brand new like environment and just trying to like, even just figure out the very basics of like, how do I use my chart, like medical record, or even just trying to figure out like the layout of the hospital. Um, just like little things like that can like kind of like get in get in the way of like being able to like really appreciate what my role um, is as a med student. And so I think I, I struggled with that, especially in the first half of med school, kind of like knowing like, even though like my role was defined, but like going beyond like being told like, this is kind of the general expectations to like, okay, like these patients that I'm taking care of, like what exactly does it look like for me as a med student to like be like, their first point of contact when like, this is my first time being in the hospital. And so it took me some time to like kind of figure that out. But I think the second half of clinical year, things started to like really uh, click. And then by the time uh, during third year, when I did electives, um, I found just like, almost a switch of like learning because I have to, to like learn because I want to. But I think especially at the beginning of like clinical rotations, it was kind of a hard transition. Yeah. I definitely can, you know, speak to that as well. It's so difficult. You're just like thrown into the clinical space and you're, you're like, oh, I've never done this before, but now there's all these expectations and sometimes they're not clear and it's, yeah, it's very difficult to adjust to. You mentioned kind of this transition to third year of like learning because you want to. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that looks like for you? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, during uh, like core clerkships uh, during second year, um, I think part of uh, my experience was just like, I'm just trying to like build this foundation and trying to like assimilate like all this like knowledge together, kind of sometimes feeling like I was in like survival mode of just like, I'm trying to like um, gain this information so that I can like know like what to do. But then I found that by the end of second year and going to third year, it's like I had enough of a foundation where it's like, okay, like, I mean, I know exactly like what I need to do, but I at least have like a good starting point. And then from there, I think it was more of like, okay, like, it was more, it's like the learning was more ordered or like systematic and not just like me being in like a kind of like survival mode of like, okay, I need to like figure out what my role is as a med student, plus like study for this like shelf exam and other assignments. But like during the third year, being able to just like focus solely on like patient care and like not worrying about like exams and things like that. And also just like, yeah, having that foundation from the first two years and being able to like build upon it, um, it made just the learning process even more enjoyable. Not that there weren't like good aspects of the first couple of years, there definitely like were, but it was more like I built up some like confidence that I could then kind of like build upon. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like third year is just a huge shift for us here, you know, because we we finish all of our like first year learning and, and clinical rotations and like shelf exams and take your boards. And then all of a sudden you're like in a rotation where you don't have an exam at the end of it and you're kind of there for the clinical duties. And so you're like learning because you're seeing the patients and you have to kind of, you know, learn for that sense, but there's no exam hanging over your head. And it's, it's a really like freeing, a freeing sensation. So yeah, I totally agree. It's like uh, one of the more fun aspects of medical school. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so tell me more about your master's program. It sounds so cool. Yeah, so um, I'm doing it as part of a program that's called the Theology, Medicine, and Culture Fellowship uh, that's at Duke Divinity School. And uh, basically this um, Theology, Medicine, and Culture, or I'll refer to it as TMC, its acronym, um, it's a program for people in healthcare to study the intersection of spirituality and religion with medicine, uh, particularly through the lens of Christian tradition at the Divinity School. And there's a few different iterations of the program. Um, there's like a one year like hybrid program that you can do like away from Duke uh, where you get like a certificate in theology and healthcare. Uh, there's a one year residential version where you come to Duke and get a certificate in theology and healthcare. And then there's a two year residential program where you can get a master of theological studies. Um, and so I'll be doing the two year residential. Mm -hmm master's program and just started that a couple of weeks ago. And basically um, the structure of the program is that I'll take some like standard divinity school courses. Uh, so such as uh, courses on like church history and like scripture interpretation. But as a TMC fellow, I will also take some courses about topics about like in which the intersection of faith and medicine is present. And so some examples would be things like attending to patients like spiritual needs as they're sick or learning about the nature of like suffering and how we can accompany people like through suffering or learning about like bioethics or end of life care and you know many more uh, things. And so um, for instance, like uh, there's a course that I already know that I want to take next year that's called Death, Dying, and Bereavement, um, mm -hmm. in which um, I'll learn about like theological and psychological responses responses to death and grief and kind of become equipped with like some skills to help people navigate uh, death. And that's kind of like the structure of the, the program. And there's also opportunities to do research as well. Um, and so um, there's a faculty member that I'll be working with who is both a bioethicist and a theologian who studies like end of life care. And uh, one of his projects that I'm really interested in is like uh, reducing racial disparities in advanced care planning by collaborating with clinicians and clergy to increase participation in um, advanced care planning with the overall goal to improve care experience mm -hmm. at the end of life. That sounds amazing. That's so cool. And like a very, a very uh, much needed thing in medicine as well. I think kind of thinking about how to, I don't know, deal with death and dying. We, we don't always have the best, the best tools in medicine to, to deal with those things. And I think, you know, thinking about the intersection between spirituality and, and healthcare is super cool and just such a niche field. How did you decide to pursue that program? Yeah, it's, it definitely wasn't like on my radar, like not too long ago. Um, you know, I, I, I think I've always been like kind of subconsciously interested in the intersection of like, like faith, like spirituality in medicine, uh, in, in part because uh, my Christian faith like shapes all aspects of my life, including uh, my vocation within medicine. But I certainly didn't have any like plans to like do a program like this um, when I started med school. But, um, you know, at, at Michigan, just through like uh, attending like the program on like health, spirituality and religion, where like, like once a month or so, there will be a lecture about like the intersection of like spirituality and medicine um, that like helps spark some interest as well as um, 
uh, a mentor of mine is like familiar with this program at Duke. Um, and um, I also then like talked with uh, the program directors here, as well as some alumni of the program. Um, funny enough, there was an alumni of the program who was is a resident at Michigan, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I, I talked with them and um, yeah, I just realized that it was something that I wanted to do just because I think I'm interested in like from like the patient's perspective, like how people's like spiritual and like religious backgrounds like impacts like how they approach their health, um, both like on an individual level, but also like on a corporate level, how like faith communities like navigate like the healthcare like system and also from the provider perspective, like wanting to merge my two identities of like being a future doctor and like being a Christian and just how, you know, like my faith kind of like motivates and like shapes um, all aspects of my life, including uh, wanting to like pursue medicine and kind of like seeing medicine as like an extension of like my, my worship. That yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, yeah, you've, you've talked a lot about your, your faith and um, can you explain a little bit more about the role it plays in kind of your, your professional life and your professional identity as, you know, a future physician? Yeah, yeah, I think, um, especially like, towards the end of high school, it became like kind of like something that was um, very like important to just like my life in in general. And um, when I sort of like think about like why I want to like do medicine, I, I kind of like boil it down to just wanting to like walk alongside uh, people as they navigate um, illness and, and health um, and uh, just being like a presence like, amongst like other people is something that, um, I've really like learned a lot from um, in my faith and just how to like accompany other people just as how like God accompanies us. And so kind of like seeing like medicine is a way to like love God and like love my neighbors um, as well. That's amazing. You've talked a little bit about this, but what role do you see, um, you know, spirituality playing um, in medicine? I, I, you know, you've talked about accompanying others you know, through their suffering what other sorts of things have you kind of seen or thought about of the role of spirituality in medicine? Yeah, um, and I think one thing that's kind of exciting, but sometimes um, I don't like the uncertainty is like, I think there's so many like opportunities and like different ways that I think um, like this experience could potentially like lead to. Um, I think like one thing is um, even just like being like a liaison between like religious communities and like the medical system, uh, for instance, like partnering with both like clergy and clinicians to like support both like the physical and like spiritual needs of people who are sick. Um, I've, I've definitely encountered um, a lot of patients who even just like acknowledging um, their, their spiritual like traditions um, is an important aspect of like their like uh, healing like journey, both in like the short and like the long term. Also, um, I'm really uh, interested in um, seeing like if it could become like an area of like further like research and just how like and and yeah, just sort of like the the role that um, people's like faith backgrounds impacts like how they just like navigate like the health system um, in general uh, and what role. Mm -hmm. uh, it plays and and also um I think and I, I don't I don't know this for sure yet but I might have some interest in like palliative care um and I think like this program will equip me with a lot of like tools if 
I do decide to like pursue palliative care as like a, a career like within medicine. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because you kind of mentioned a few interests in, uh, you know, grief and, and death and dying. So it definitely sounds like something that's, you know, maybe on your radar or something that this this master's could help you kind of identify as a, a future a future role in medicine. You'd mentioned also that you'd um, witnessed a, a patient death during clinical year. Is that correct? Yeah. Or um, yeah, during my elective time. Or elective year. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about that experience? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll refer to the patient as Mr. Jones, obviously not his real name, but I took care of him in the ICU um, during my third year uh, during my ICU uh, intensive care unit uh, rotation. And um, he'd had um, like a hematologic like malignancy and, and had like treatment for that, but had like a lot of like complications, including um, respiratory failure. And so required intubation and mechanical ventilation and was transferred to the ICU. And I, I, I initially didn't take care of him uh, when he was transferred to the ICU, but the other patients that I was taking care of all got discharged from the ICU. So then I took him on. He was my patient for about 10 days. And Actually, unfortunately, I didn't get to like interact with the patient himself a lot just because um, since he was intubated, he also needed to be sedated and fairly heavily most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did get to in- interact a lot with his family, in particular his wife, which was um, quite meaningful. I you know would talk with her you know, just about every day, either in person when she would visit or over the phone just to like update. And so I was kind of like, yeah, like the primary um, point person uh, to give updates and things like that. And yeah, that was kind of like my, my role. So this patient ended up passing away while you were caring for them. Mm-hmm. How, how did the death of this patient kind of impact you or what was the experience like? Yeah, I think one of the biggest uh, impacts was just like being able to bear witness to like the raw, like intense, like grief. You know, the first like week or so that I took care of him, like he, I mean, he was very sick to start with, but he was kind of like stably very sick. Um, But then kind of just very quickly, he got very, he got even more sicker and, and um, it became clear that he was uh, actively dying. And so uh, when we called the family and just to kind of like explain the situation, you know, the wife and like multiple other family members, it was just, it was quite an emotional um, meeting, just like seeing the the grief, the, the disbelief, the confusion, the anger, the full spectrum of, of emotions. And so just like seeing like the raw, like grief um, being expressed, I hadn't experienced anything like that mm-hmm. um, before. Um, and also like, um, it also gave me like a source of encouragement uh, mm. because in the midst of the family's like lament lamenting uh, during the meeting or one thing that I I, I didn't mention is um, just in getting to know the wife um, very well um, she had kind of like brought up and like shared you know her like faith background um, and how her um, Christian faith was like very important and just how yeah like her like church community was like so important in her like healing like journey like through all of this and and so yeah like the family's faith was like very like important to them and just 
and the like raw emotion and the raw like feelings of like lamenting they kind of like spontaneously started like praying like during that meeting and one of their like prayers was that um this situation um would be a blessing to like someone else and after um a couple days later after mr jones had died and i was talking to the family for like the last time i was sort of like sharing with them like yeah like your prayers have already kind of been answered because like it's already taken care of him and you guys as a family has really left a mark on me just because i learned so much from that situation um just about how to about yeah just like being with families amidst suffering that I will then carry on for the rest of my career honestly Mm -hmm. uh, when I face similar situations wow that's that's really powerful yeah it sounds like a very you know emotional and grief-filled experience um, as to be expected but at the same time you get this connection to you know something that's very important to you and sounds like was very important to the family and yeah how did they react to you sharing that you know it was it was a blessing to you to be a part of his his care yeah I think it was very I I kind of saw me sharing that as like part of our like therapy of yeah like what we're doing as far as like you know taking care of of them and you know kind of seeing taking care of the family as an extension of taking care of the patient and so it's like you know, the patient, Mr. Jones, he had died, but like our, our work is not yet done as a team, like make sure we're attending to the needs of the, of the families. And so uh, I was just like really encouraged by um, just getting to work with them and even just like how in the midst of their grief, they also were like considerate and like, like really encouraging us as a team as well. And, um, and so, yeah, just wanting to make sure that they, they, they knew how much I appreciated, like getting to like work with them. Um, and so it was very important for me to, to do that. And I thought it was just a really awesome moment to be able to like share. It almost felt like I was a part of their family. Um, and, you know, as I said, since we share the same like Christian faith, when I met with them, like right after Mr. Jones had, had died and before I said goodbye uh, to them, you know, I offered to just like pray with them afterwards. And one really cool thing that happened was right after I like offered if I could like pray with them, they all, like all family members just like got up and like got in a circle and like stood together. And like, we like held hands. And that tells me that this is something that the family does a lot is they, they pray together. And so to be able to like do that with the family something that they clearly do together a lot was just really helpful for me too and I think helpful for them to be able to continue with like what they normally do as a family that's so cool yeah like being being part of that experience with them sounds very very powerful and like kind of a a great experience for you and I like what you talked about is like as providers we take care of both the patient and the family and just because the patient has died doesn't mean that your work is done. You're still taking care of the family. I feel like I really appreciate that because I've seen, you know, experiences where patients died and the team's like, you know, okay, we're done, you know, with this patient, this patient's dead and we're kind of done with our care. And then I've also seen experiences where, 
you know, we're still caring for the grieving family afterwards. And I think it's really powerful to think, obviously I'm going into peds, so, you know, it's a lot of family-centered <laughs> care, but I think, you know, it's, it's really important to think of the extensions of the patient, which can be their family and their loved ones as, as part of our, our care um, that we give to. And I think it's interesting when to experience a patient death like that, that can be very emotional um, can sometimes be, you know, traumatic for medical students if it's their first experience with death. Did you feel like you experienced grief following that patient's death? And what was that like for you? Yeah, I, I definitely experienced uh, grief. Uh, I think, yeah, just because yeah, I, I developed a, a really strong relationship with the family over the like week and a half or so. Um, and so like, in some ways, like, like there are many times where even though I was part of the like provider team, it it almost felt like in some ways I was more part of like the family in terms of like being like the point person. And I think that's one of the advantages sometimes of like being a med student is like we're not so removed from like being part of like the lay public. Um, but so and that was like a good aspect. But at the same time, yeah, it also made it harder. The fact that like, yeah, like I had built this like really meaningful relationship and so during that like meeting when we sort of like broke the news that yeah you know uh, Mr. Jones is actively like dying you know despite our like best efforts um and like just amidst all the emotions like of the family to like I you know I started crying as well like myself just like all the the emotions um also like came out in me um as well and I think part of it too was that I think there was there was I think a decent amount of like healthy hope like we all knew that like the situation overall wasn't great but there's a decent amount of like hope uh, and like it was fairly reasonable to think that he would have a decent shot of being able to like come off the ventilator and, and things like that and so I think the acuity of how he just kind of like quickly um, started decompensating to I think added to kind of the traumatic aspect of of uh, that day. But one thing that I really appreciated was I thought the team that I worked with, the, the residents and the attendings were pretty intentional about like de debriefing things. And so it was really nice to like also like chat with them through things. Also just like I chatted with um, a bunch of like my close like friends and like mentors um, that I've met in med school, kind of going back to that like community that I feel here there were uh, a lot of people who like yeah like maybe like the day or two afterwards some friends that I would just like catch up with and kind of like debrief about the situation and that was very helpful. So is there anything else you would like to share about this experience that made it particularly meaningful for you? Yeah I think there were a couple additional things. Um, one is that um, there multiple moments where I really felt like I was a bridge between um, like the patient's family and the medical team, including like one specific moment um, where like I really saw this kind of clearly um, where um, uh, the patient was having a thoracentesis, uh, which for um, listeners who might not be aware of what that is, kind of a, a procedure where uh, we sample the like lung, uh, the fluid around the lungs and um, I remember when the procedure was happening, it was right in the patient's room and um, the patient's wife uh, was in the room as well. And 
I was in the room with two ICU fellows um, who were doing the procedure and I as a med student was more so like observing mm -hmm. and and uh, we used like an ultrasound machine to help uh, with the procedure and so on one side of the room was like the ultrasound machine and like the ventilator and like that's where the ICU fellows were because they had to be for the procedure and then the patient's wife was on uh, the other side of the room um, and then also on that other side of the room with the patient's wife was was like pictures of like the family and things like that and I was standing at the foot of the patient's bed kind of like right smack dab in the middle and it's almost like if you could draw like an imaginary line through the room um, with like the patient uh, with uh, Mr. Jones uh, being in the middle it's kind of like all the like quote unquote like medical aspects were on one side and then all of the like familial aspects were on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like right in the middle because I was watching. It was kind of interesting to both like be part of the medical team and I could see them doing the ultrasound and I can, I kind of like understand, like I can tell like, okay, we're in the thoracic space, but at the same time, like I am obviously not at the level of the ICU fellows. So in some ways, like I could uh, very much relate to the patient's wife of kind of more so being an observer and kind of uh, just taking the moment in. Yeah, I think that's so interesting about being a medical student or a trainee is like you're, you are in that liminal space, especially, you know, as you're just starting out in your training, you're like, still a lay person, but you're sort of not, you know, you're, you've taken on this new role of taking care of patients and you have some background knowledge, but you're not at a level of, you know, professional yet, but it's a weird space to be in. Like you, like you said, it's like this bridge, you're kind of existing in between those two spaces. Yeah, definitely. And I think that perspective helped me to sort of, yeah, like um, relate uh, uh, to her um, in what was going on, because it was relatively um, routine and straightforward, but also with me, like not having the full like knowledge um, like with her on that front. Yeah, and and uh, another thing too that I think um, was really interesting for me as far as like kind of relating to this patient's family is uh, for um, viewers that obviously can't see me, um, I am a black man, and uh, one phenomenon that I like notice in medical school is like, there are times when like I will be taking care of a black patient or family member, and I can really tell that my presence matters. Um, of times just due to like people's like nonverbal responses and I think especially with like older um, black folks uh, I think there's kind of the sense of like seeing um, like a younger uh, black person and kind of this sense of like I'm rooting for you mm -hmm. and uh, this was the case with like Mr. And, and Mrs. Jones and so they're black and I remember when I first met Mrs. Jones when she saw me for the first time like um, she kind of like perked up and and just by some things that like she'd mentioned like as we were getting to know each other like I could tell that my presence there meant a lot to her and there was even like one point in our discussions like she was just asking me about like my background and where I grew up and sort of like this journey that I'm on in medicine and what my future training and career would be like and you know she told me that she would be like praying for me and like that really like meant a lot knowing that I think in, in medicine, a lot of times, like we're we're trying to like make such a positive impact on patients and their families. But I think this was kind of an example where like uh, the patient really like and, and family really made a positive 
impact on me, kind of almost like encouraging me as they saw me as like this learner. I think that's so powerful, especially when, you know, people of color, especially Black people are underrepresented in medicine and how it can be super impactful and powerful for Black patients to see doctors who look like them or to interact with doctors who look like them. And the kind of connection that you might have is, like you mentioned, is is really powerful. And obviously it impacts you or impacted you in that moment to have, you know, your patients connect with you and also root for you. And I think that that can be really powerful as someone going through medical training where you don't always feel like, you know, you're doing the best or you feel, you know, down on yourself because it's such a hard, a hard environment to be in sometimes as a student. So that's, that's really amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And what was the experience like when this patient did end up passing away? Yeah. Um, one thing that was, um, yeah, like interesting is, um, you know, yeah, like a couple of days, like prior, um, things really um, started to turn towards the worst. Um, and then he like had stabled um, out for a little bit. Uh, but then on the morning uh, that he had died, he started to like get even, even worse. And, and so we'd, we'd called uh, his wife again, just to like, you know, let her know, like, okay, like things are starting to get worse again. And one thing that was that maybe I think caught us by surprise a little bit was even though she knew like he was about to die, um, she said that she wanted to wait for family to like come, even if that meant like she would miss the actual moment that he passed. And I sort of like interpreted that as being with family in this moment was like the most important thing. And obviously like hit with him, not being responsive and sedated that definitely played a role and so you know she was able to come with like the whole family and I think she really needed that um, support in that time but that did mean that when he did die the family wasn't there yet um, because they weren't able to like sort of round up everyone and um, in the ICU there's kind of this saying that like no patient uh, dies alone and so what ended up happening was I think about like 10 nurses or so were like in the room when it was like obvious that like um, he had on the order of like minutes uh, before he died. And I had just gotten into the hospital like, you know, early in the morning and I'd started like pre-rounding on another patient. And then I realized like, oh, like it's it's about to happen. And so I, I joined in with like the group of like other nurses as well. And so I think it was also like kind of a, a way that we were able to kind of support the family of, I think they needed to come all together and be together. That was the most important thing for them. But that also meant sort of their absence at the exact moment. And so I think we were able to kind of, as the team, like take on um, that role and yeah, just be like at the, at the bedside. And um, I was able to hold his hand, hold his left hand. And there were other like nurses like around just comforting him and things like that. It was a very uh, meaningful moment. And that was my very first like patient death that I had experienced. And I think sometimes in medicine too, just by nature of things, sometimes we can be a little bit like distanced in a way. I think it was important for me that I was able to be close um, in this situation. Um, and then when the family did come later, also being able to be there for them as well. Wow, that's so, so powerful and like impactful. Like, 
can imagine like you know experiencing that can be super emotional but also just getting to be there for this patient that you had a really close connection with and you know getting to see him and be there for him in his final moments I'm sure was really was a really powerful and like moving moment I can't imagine what it what it felt like what was it like for you on that moment yeah I think an interesting thing that I felt was I think a lot of the kind of emotions like the raw emotions and and honestly like grief that I had 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 transpired about two days prior when um, things initially took a turn for the worse and we had thought that he was going to die on that day initially but then he um, survived for an additional two more days and so it's kind of like the a lot of what I was feeling had had already kind of like passed and so I think it was definitely an interesting scenario where like it was a very emotional moment, but at the same time, I think because I think I'd already experienced some of that a couple of days prior, it was kind of interesting that like right before and also right after I was able to go right back into what I was doing prior and which yeah. I kind of felt almost like guilty in, the, in that moment of like, I feel like I shouldn't be able to just like switch in and out like that. But I think part of that was I had kind of gone through like my grieving process uh, prior. I think everyone grieves a little differently in medicine, but such an interesting concept. Like obviously you were just starting your day, you know, and so kind of have to get back into mornings in medicine, I feel like are the busiest time of day. So it's like you, you have to get back into everything. And I'm glad to hear that you had, you know, been able to process things and grieve prior to that moment and have kind of that emotional response so that kind of being in the moment could be more of being there for your patient and you were able to kind of get through that and also be there for that that sounds really really impactful and then you talked about you know this patient's death you know being so impactful and it'll be something you carry with you throughout the rest of your career what do you feel like is the the impact that you know your connection with this patient and their family um, what impact do you feel like it's made on your future role as a physician, but also your decision to pursue this master's program and kind of how you foresee um, this master's program playing a role in your future career as well? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, in, in many ways, like this experience kind of exemplifies like why I am pursuing this uh, master's program and like, in yeah, like theological education, uh, just because like, this was a case where I think from like the patient's uh, standpoint, you know, with me like being interested in how uh, someone's like spiritual background like impacts like how they approach health and like healing and things like that. Um, I think just being able to like acknowledge the family, in this case, the family's um, sort of like spiritual background, I think was very like therapeutic and like helpful. Um, and then also for myself as well, I think, um, I think the situation kind of helped remind me of like why I'm pr I'm pursuing medicine um once again just to be able to like walk alongside people as they're navigating sickness and health and I think overall as a medical team we were able to do that for this patient and family obviously it was sad with with him dying but we were I think we did the best that we could to support the family before mm -hmm. during and after his death and so um I think you know, sometimes like in medicine, like amidst all the, like the busyness and all the, um, yeah, all the like busyness of it, sometimes it can be 
easy to like forget like ultimately like why like we're doing what we're doing and I think in the like busy like ICU environment like there are times when like it could be very easy to like forget like why like what am I doing here like learning medicine like what's my goal like what am I doing it for and so I think this situation of being able to walk with this family through this difficult time was just a really nice like reminder of like oh yeah yep this is why pursuing medicine and obviously like most patient encounters will not be like this but even in like seemingly like smaller ways to be able to just help people like navigate uh, sickness and health that's that's amazing and that's a great way to kind of wrap up our our conversation here today thank you so much for for sharing everything and being willing to to share your story with us. Is there anything else you'd like to add or any, you know, last comments you'd like to, to mention? I think I'll just add like for, especially for like people that are maybe like earlier in the process, whether it's you know, pre-meds or earlier med students, I think just as much as possible, trust the process. And even though in the midst of it, like things are very difficult at times, um, try as much as you can to find like joy in the process of in the process in of itself it's always nice to think about like the end goal yes but like it's also important to like not get so focused on the end goal that we like miss out on like what's Mm -hmm. going on so well thank you so much uh really appreciate you being being able to do this today thank you yeah thanks for having me thanks for listening to this episode of the distant moon stories of healthcare education You can find us on oxycardia.com, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.